0: Shh! Are the kids gone? Good. It's time for Telling Lies to Children with me, your host Paul Durham. This is a first-of-its-kind podcast, one hosted by a children's author, that's me again, but intended for adults who live and breathe children's literature. That's you. Whether you're a librarian, a media specialist, a teacher, or a parent, we all work with children every day. But sometimes it's nice to talk like adults with adults who share our love of children's books and publishing. I'll be chatting with editors at the world's biggest publishing houses, literary agents, award-winning authors, booksellers, librarians, and even young readers. Join me and my guests as we give you a candid, behind-the-scenes look at children's publishing, the business of telling lies to children, but only the best kinds of lies, of course. Welcome and I hope you enjoy the show. Hi everyone. On this episode, I'm trying something a little bit different. Uh, today I am interviewing, or I did interview this past spring, uh, an editor. And she just so happens to be one of my favorite editors, uh, Sarah Barley. She's the senior editor at Flatiron Books, an uh, imprint of Macmillan. She specializes in the young adult market. And uh, she's just had a whole bunch of terrific books come out this past spring. Uh, this was recorded in the spring, so you'll hear us talking about um, upcoming Book Expo America, BEA, uh, which has come and gone. Uh, but I think there's still a lot of great stuff in this, uh, in this episode, especially if you want to hear about uh, how the publishing industry works. Uh, how the editorial process works, what editors are looking for, uh, and just to hear some thoughts from a really cool and uh, just excellent uh, star on the rise editor, Sarah Dots Barley. So hope you enjoy it. See you on the other side. Hey, Sarah, how are you?
1: Good. Is it working? Do you see me? What? There you are. Hey, I had it. I heard the video turned off. <laughs>
0: Great. So nice to see you again.
1: It's great to see you look at your little, your cottage shed. I forget you, what
0: you, you can, you can, yeah, you can actually see, see it coming to you in high definition. So it's probably way more of me than you want to see. Um, right?
1: it's, <laughs> I've always loved that you have this. It's so great.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's a cool, it's a cool, it's a cool spot. But yeah, so I, I get this, I get this high def like camera in here okay. I'm just, oh, and there's, and there's your air conditioning Here's unit. My air behind conditioning you.
1: unit. Welcome to McMillan. Um, yep. really, really, up, really high tech systems. Okay. My, all my books are on the other side, but you'll just have to trust me That's okay. that well, I, we're not,
0: we're, I'm, we're not, we're not recording video anyway. So don't, so don't worry about okay. it. So, so I, I figured that that would be, that would be safest for me anyway, not recording. video. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That makes things easier for you. I'm sure.
0: Yeah. Well you sound you sound good. I mean as far as, as far as sound quality, everything sounds good. Okay, yay. So, yay. Yeah. Congratulations, first of all. Uh, about the baby I'm talking about. We yeah, don't, I can I, know. I can edit that out. We don't have to have it on the video. I just want to say congrats. Thank you.
1: I. it's yeah. it's awesome. Like I yeah. it's I, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what it would be like and it's just you know, your life totally changes. You know. Yeah. So I just yeah. I'm like I haven't figured out how to express it yet. <laughs>
0: Right. (laughs) Well, that's kind of how, that's kind of how it goes. So you're, you're just, you're just getting back.
1: Uh, yeah, Uh, I've been back for about four weeks now. So, you know, it's, it's pretty good. Like I was, it's nice to get into a routine again and, you know, and, you know, our first books are starting to come out. So it felt like an exciting, you know, it's like, a lot to come back to. Just yeah, that's that, that's like
0: that's awesome timing. So what when, when is the, when's the first one out? June? Did I read June? Is that when the first one so comes out? So the
1: first book is If I Was Your Girl by Meredith Russo, yep. and that's out May third, and okay. then the second one is out in June. Yeah, American Girl right. by Alison Uminger. So. Right.
0: So, so that's like, so that's like, this is like two years in the making, right? Are are these the first ones that you acquired when you moved over to Flatiron?
1: Yes, they were. So I acquired American Girls, which used to be called my favorite Manson girl on like my second day here, actually. I read it on my first day and went to auction my second day and I was like, oh, wow, this is awesome. Right. I wish I could say that that happened every day after that, but it didn't. It (laughs) doesn't?
0: I know,
1: because it's just like, you don't find, like, you don't find things that you love that much every day, right? Um, right. But so let's see, I started at Flatiron in um, October of 2014. So about a year and a half. So so that's, that's, oh, that's a pretty quick
0: lead time, right? I mean, considering, so this is, so at Flatiron, this, you're, you're you're the senior editor there, but do you pretty much have a lot of control over the YA list? Is is this pretty much your baby?
1: Yeah, it's pretty much my baby. So I had a baby and now I have this baby too. (laughs) Yeah. It's my publisher, Amy Einhorn um, was starting a fiction list at Flatiron and she really wanted to do YA fiction. It was kind of, part of the plan from the get-go, but she wanted, and she'd read a lot of YA, like she has teenage daughters and read, you know, had read John Green, Sarah Dessen, like all the big, big names, but she wanted someone from that world, like the children's YA world. So, so I'm really the only person here doing it, um, which right. is like terrifying and also very exciting.
0: Now, are you mostly, Do you, are you still working primarily with debut authors? Are you-
1: yeah, I have one author so far who's, who is not a debut, but her book is a little bit further out but but yeah i'm I'm looking for new voices um mm-hmm. things that feel different, and you know those people haven't published before, most likely so well as
0: as a as a former debut author, I can say that they're all in very good hands
1: because
0: um, <laughs> <laughs> you were you were awesome some some of my fondest memories I think in that, that first sort of wonder year of being published. Uh, was with you because, you know, as, as you know, you kind of, you kind of got like, you know, I got sort of thrust upon you due to, due to the circumstances beyond your control. No, and I, you were
1: just I was like, <laughs> yes, this is what I want. I want Paul.
0: Uh, uh, but you were, you were, you were just so, you were just so awesome. Like I still, I still remember that first, um, I think it was the first time I probably met you in person, and it was, we were having breakfast. Like, I flew down to, to New York at some ungodly hour.
1: Nice. Oh my God. <laughs> and, yeah. And,
0: and, and we like we met for breakfast before we were going to have sort of the big meet and greet. Yeah. And, uh, and we were there with Michelle, who's my agent at the time. And I just remember that you, what was really cool is you came down with this big stack of papers, and it was like not only the, I and mean, what do you what do you call it? Like the, it's it's like the design of like the book design with like the different font options and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, it was like the sample pages, possible sample right. pages for the for the right. book. Yeah, the interior that was fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and you had like the like the first like the first round of sketches. I mean, so it was it was totally like the um like oh my god, I'm like you know this I'm actually real. seeing the book. Yeah, yeah it's real. I, like like there were people actually you know. It's not just me in a chicken coop anymore. Yeah. It's, oh,
1: yeah, the coop. The coop. Yeah. Like, what did he call that
0: <laughs> thing? Shack. The <laughs> Shed. Yeah. And I was looking, it's the coop because, you know, there used to be birds in here. That's, right. That's where that – Right. Um, but yeah, no, so that was, I mean, that was, that's one of my fondest memories in that first year of publishing. And um, the whole BEA experience was great. Like I sort of, that was, you walked me through that very nicely. Oh and, gosh, and, <laughs>
1: the overwhelming BEA experience. It was, like, well,
0: no, it was so funny because you, I mean, you hit it dead on. I remember we, when you were talking about it, it's like, yeah, you know, we can do a signing and you can, you know, we can, we can get, you know, have you sign some books, but it's a little bit of a press. And I'm like, I, didn't, I wasn't really, you're like, it can be kind of overwhelming. I didn't really know what you meant by that. And then when I got there, it wasn't the signing that was overwhelming. It was just all the other stuff that like. Like, yeah. went along with like getting to the actual, you know, the green room they call it, which is basically a curtained off area. Yeah. <laughs> um that was the overwhelming part it was just just BEA in general. The logistics.
1: So yeah. Yeah, the
0: logistics of it and just the just the the
1: massive whatever. Yeah, well, sort of stuff. we're preparing to go to BEA in Chicago for the first time.
0: Yeah, right. Um how do you feel, how do you feel about that? Are you happy to be <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> in excited. your backyard?
1: Yeah, I mean Yeah. Like, I, I, it'll be different. Like, I mean, it used to travel, um, but I never went. And so it's the first time for me, but um, it's, it's funny because all the logistics of like getting there, you have to do for all the books now. So we have to like, mail them by a certain time. So they're, it's just like so many little things, um, but it'll be different this year. Cause not, not as many people will be there. I, It'll be fun. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I bet it will. Now do you have a do you have a publicist or two that you work with primarily? Um at, at Flatiron or
1: Yeah. So Marlena Bittner is our PR director and I've been working with her the most. Um and she also has an associate publisher associate publicist, Trish Cave, who's gonna be doing more of the YA books once we really get going. So I will be working more with her. Um, right. But I mean, pretty much everyone at Flatiron is going to be It's going to be like pretty hilarious. Um, <laughs> it's
0: just out of trouble out there. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, I, I'm
1: I, I'm doing my first buzz panel at bea oh, cool. so yeah. that's, oh, that's ex- awesome. exciting. Um, so so we'll see how that goes. Yeah.
0: But you've done other panels before and stuff. I mean, you're not new to that.
1: No, that's true. But for some reason, the buzz panel is like, I mean, it's like standing room only. And yeah. Insanity, yeah. you know? And it's like. But it'll be great. It'll be great. I'm really Well, you're a, well. You're a big.
0: You're a big deal now. Oh, okay. I mean, it's like you're, you're 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 buzz panel worthy. I mean, I remember, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I I record I recorded like the introduction for you oh. already. Like I did that, I did that a few days ago okay. and said all sorts of I said all sorts of nice stuff. But one of the things I said is I remember when I first met Sarah, everybody described her as a star on the rise. Oh my gosh. And I was like, well, but I'm like, well, that's not really accurate anymore because now she's just a star. There's no rising, right? You're just you're just you're like you're like uh you're not up and coming anymore. Now you're like arrived. You're a star. So that's. <laughs> yeah no but but I think everybody know i think everybody knew that from from the get go oh. yeah, like i said you were so for all your all your debut authors who uh either are working with you or, or or on the verge of working with you they're very lucky and i and i really mean that you were you were so terrific you know i'm a big you know, I'm, you know i'm a i'm a, i'm a big fan i know you're doing you're doing primarily i mean really y a right that's your that's your focus it's is is
1: y a all the time um you know the thing with middle grade is that you know it's like such a different market than y a it's like It just, we're, it, sorry, I'm like not being articulate at all, Paul. You're going to say. I'm never, I'm never articulate. (laughs)
0: That's the the fun of this is, you know, my hope is that it's like, we just have a conversation and if like this, and if the the two people who might subscribe to the, it might be me and you subscribing (laughs) to the podcast. So, So let me try
1: again. So yeah, we're doing YA because, and we're trying to focus on YA that has the potential to cross over to adults. Which is pretty much it's like YA in general right now. But um, yeah. you know, my colleagues in the Macmillan children's division here have such a strong middle grade list mm-hmm. that it just didn't feel like it made sense for us to, to go there also. But I mean right. what Flatiron started out as was like a nonfiction imprint that was gonna be like two to three books a month. And the first right. book was by Oprah and Bob Miller started the company and then Amy wanted to come and started a fiction program. So it's like and we're hiring four new people right now. I mean, it's just like grown so much. Um yeah, awesome. So it's like a yeah. it's like a little mini publishing house.
0: Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's great. And 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 so when you try to find YA to cross over, right? Uh-huh. Like, what is that? I mean, is that I mean, what is that something? Is it does YA begin and end with teenage protagonists? I don't, is that is that?
1: I don't think so. I mean, I really think it's more about the point of view than the actual age of the protagonist. And some submissions yeah. I see. Uh, have younger characters actually? Um, yeah. I mean, I think the classic crossover novel for YA is probably *The Book Thief*, which that mm-hmm. main character starts out quite young. So it's not so much about the age, but the experience and the point of view. And honestly, sometimes it's like, why is this could be an could this be an adult novel? Probably. I mean, there have been a few yeah. things like that, and it's just um, like one of my <laughs> first big books is a big fantasy called *Caraval* and it's the buzz book actually. And you know, it's, it's a young adult novel, but my boss, the first time she read it, she was like, why is this teen? And it's like, it doesn't have to be it. You know, that's the way we're going to publish it. That's the way we're going to position it, but anyone can read it. So, I mean, there are some younger teen novels that aren't that don't feel like the kind of book that an adult might pick up. It's really, I wish I knew the answer to this question because if I did it's a million dollar, qu- yeah, a million dollar question. Be, yeah, I would be really yeah. rich, but I don't know the answer all the time. It's just like yeah. you, you know it when you see it, like when it's um, when it just has a more mature kind of I don't know, perspective on the world.
0: And how about crossing down? Like because the other thing with YA is I at least when I when I go into libraries and and I'm noticing now that like a lot of sixth grades get rolled into middle school now. Okay. So you're dealing. Okay. So when I go and meet with kids, a lot of times it's sixth graders, seventh graders, eighth graders. Okay. And as you can imagine, it, you go from sixth grade to seventh grade. It's like a huge there's a huge difference. Like something happens yeah. in that summer, and um, and they, I mean they're still great, but they, their interests become different. And a lot of like seventh and eighth graders, I mean they're like YA. They're like the YA market too. Yeah, they are. And it's and, yeah, and it, but it also then it's I find it bleeds down to some of the more advanced like sixth graders and even fifth graders. Like when I go into elementary schools, I mean they were reading, kids are reading like the Hunger Games and stuff like that. Wow, yeah. And and um, which I'm you know good or bad. I mean they're reading, which is which is good, but it's that's why I'm wondering. You know some YA, it seems like not only does it cross over to adult, but you can even you're even picking up younger readers. Earlier, is yeah. that something you guys are? Is that something you guys are consciously aware of, or does it just happen? Or I'm
1: conscious of it, and it's funny yeah. because the thing with crossing over to adult, I'm conscious of it, but I do feel like thinking of teen readers first, which does include like 12 and up, I would say, is is what I do because for it to cr- really cross down, I guess cross under, <laughs> it, it, and to cross over, it, it has to work in teen first. Um, mm-hmm. Like if it doesn't resonate there, it's not going to res- You know, it's never going to be picked up by those outside audiences. But, right, sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's funny because by the time you're in high school, you might be reading adult fiction. You might just skip YA altogether. A lot of, you know, really good readers do that. So... Well,
0: that's... I mean, I'm sure, you know, like me, you were probably a pretty prolific reader mm-hmm. when you were a kid, right? Mm-hmm. Good guess. I like to read books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, I'm, I'm trying to... And when I was a kid, I don't even know if we... I don't think YA existed back then. Yeah. I think it was really... I think kids really, you know, there were books that were... You know, you're sort of new as kids' books, and then there was just kind of a straight jump into adult stuff.
1: Yeah, pretty, and yeah.
0: So one of the thing one of the things I've heard, and this is the other thing that I find very interesting about YA, mm-hmm. is how do you deal with boys, <laughs> like boy readers, I should say, male readers, um, because it's this real puzzle in a lot of ways, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's almost it's like do the male readers not read YA because they just don't want to. Read. I mean, you know, the the old line is, oh, they're too busy playing sports and video games, and mm-hmm. they have short attention spans, and they just don't want to read. Mm-hmm. Um, which it may be true in some instances, but I don't think that really tells the whole story. And then the other side is that, well, is it because that is the perception, or because books tend to be marketed more towards a female audience that then. Male readers aren't finding what they're looking for in YA. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Again, I don't know. It's it's curious about it, though because the, the topic comes up a lot, especially when I'm talking with um, children's librarians and things like that. They're always there's this conundrum with how do we deal with our. What do they um, say
1: that the books look like they're for girls or? Well, I say that,
0: uh, and, I mean just to look. I mean, look, we know what you know. You know when you put a certain cover on a book, who you're appealing to, mm-hmm. and and they're not. You know, there are some that are more gender neutral, but quite a, a lot in the YA market is not necessarily going to be as appealing. I would think to even if the, even if, even if the contents would be appealing to right. to males, I don't. You know, just just because of the way it is, they're not necessarily it's, overtly marketed that way. It's
1: tough, honestly. The it it starts with just the submissions. I would say eighty five percent of the submissions I get are from girl narrators, um, yeah, right. which is fine. Yeah. But when it when a boy comes along, it does make me perk up a little bit because there's just less out there for that audience. But, but yeah, I mean, it, it is tough because a lot of books, a lot of these books are about girls and like being a teenage girl. I mean, like, I mean all of my books, I'm like trying to say that I don't do that, but like all my books are about being a girl. Like, um, wait, I'm going to show you some covers. Hold on. Okay. Wait, no, you you can't see them anyway because you're not recording video, but like, First... We can show
0: me. I mean, for my, for my pleasure, I can, Wait, I can see them. All right. So
1: this is my first book. <laughs> I'll describe
0: them very nicely. For <laughs> like this is my first book. It's
1: if I yeah. was your girl, like it's, you know, it, it's
0: a beautiful cover, and there's a there's an, a you know attractive young woman sort of looking back over her shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, very, I mean, looks very sort of you know kind of sleek and you know, a little bit sort of sexy or whatever. But if I was a you know if, if I was a male reader, I wouldn't necessarily like, oh that's, that's for me unless I I was just like you know like I like the girl on the cover. Yeah, it's um, funny
1: because yeah. its story is about um a girl who is at a new school. Kind of trying to start over make new friends, and because she was a boy at her old school, so it actually like oh, okay. You yeah. know, it's, it's basically, yeah. So it's, and the cover so model is actually transgender too. So it's really interesting. Well, well, so, oh, but, well so
0: there, I mean, I, I mean, that makes it that much more interesting then. I mean, you can see the way, I, the way I just described it. And, the, and I mean, so to me, the, so, so the content to me sounds fascinating. Yeah. Right. It's great. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah.
1: it's a, it's a great book. We've gotten yeah. um, a, several starred reviews for it so far, which is awesome. But I mean, I, it is about, it's, it's a book primarily aimed at girl readers, I would say. Um, sure romance um, it's an aspirational romance with a character who happens to be trans which is like that doesn't really answer your question but my other book on the spring list is called American girls like you know yeah. I think I think that is a book that would be could be appreciated by anyone girls or boys but it's you know it's primarily about like being a vulnerable teen girl like in in America I mean that sounds like really grandiose but that's like actually what it's about Um so I I don't know it's it's tough I I will say the 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 couple of projects with boy narrators that I have tried to buy here um, have 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 gone really quickly so I feel like yeah. if you have a strong voice in that area it can really people are hungry for it
0: I, I, again I think it's interesting and I you know I just I don't want to gloss over the if I was your girl because that sounds like a really I mean that sounds like a really interesting and brave book to write and publish
1: yeah and very timely
0: and and um. I mean, that sounds terrific that's, is that, that's you said that's your buzz is that your buzz panel book? It's
1: not it's not okay. Um, that that book is the, the buzz panel book is Caraval by Stephanie Garber.
0: Oh, that's right. okay yeah
1: um, which is a fantasy and about two sisters, which I love because there's not too many like sibling relationships and teen fiction. but yeah, if I was your girl comes out in a few weeks and it's the author is trans too. But yeah, she was just like, I want to write a book that I wanted to write an aspirational YA romance for me, and and I didn't yeah. I didn't want all the trans characters to be dead or heartbroken at the end. It's like very, yeah. it's very lovely. It's a very yeah, no, it's, a, it's a, it sounds like it's it. a sweet book. It's sweet. It's um. Well, well look, you, you see, you hooked me. See? Yeah, you're hooked. <laughs> so, okay. So there,
0: <laughs> yeah, there you go. So um, so no, I mean, so I I think there is, I think there is opportunity to appeal to boys, but but there I think there's there is a hole there, and it seems, and I don't know, I don't know why. I'm not smart enough to figure out why. From what, what I what I've heard or what people tell me is that uh, female readers are more likely to or more willing to read about a male protagonist. Yeah, that's and what
1: they say. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Whether well, that's true or not, I don't know, but that's what I hear. And and the presumption is that male readers, or at least the implication is that real male readers, aren't so willing to do that. So. Yeah, whether it's true or not, who knows? Like you said, the million dollar question. If you could if you could figure out how to how to unlock or tap into those those male readers. But
1: Yeah. I that's what, with the right book I think, you know, giving a cover yeah. that isn't explicitly feminine yeah. is Yeah. You know, can can be a can be effective, like The Hunger Games, for instance. Not right. a female cover has a female protagonist. Right.
0: But that's sounds – i love what you're doing. I mean, those, those, sound, those sound like great books. That's really—that's really like exciting stuff.
1: Thanks. Yeah,
0: very cool. But I never got to to you know chat chat with you too much about this stuff before. But you know, as I as I said, you're sort of the—I uh, mean, you've become like, you know, you're, you're you're like a you're like a little rock star in the industry now. You're you know, that's you not know, true. <laughs> I don't. I'm just embarrassed, I'm trying to make you blush again. We're not recording. Okay. Record, okay. <laughs> but but I mean, you're originally from Alabama, is that right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, North
0: Alabama, that's right. Uh, so, so how, what? I mean, if you don't, if this isn't prying too personally, I just no, think it's fascinating. No. How'd you make your way into into you know Manhattan's a long way from. Was it Birmingham? Is that or near Birmingham? Huntsville,
1: actually. Everyone thinks oh. Birmingham because that's like the one city everybody knows. Yeah. I'm like I've heard oh, one. the other one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. The other, the other one. I know. But but so it's that's a long that's a long road to road to the Flatiron Building. Somehow,
1: yeah, how, I mean, yeah, it's um. So I I just grew up reading like you did. I didn't really know there was like a publishing industry, Um, except that my parents owned a, a bookstore when I was younger for about 25 mm-hmm. years. So that was how I was aware that like sales reps existed, you know, like I, it was sort of just this. I always sort of thought, oh, what if I could work at a publisher once I got like in high school, college. So I worked there all growing up. And what's funny is that my sister is now married to, the bookstore co-owner's son. So like, it's just like, and she's thinking about like reopening it. It's just so, it's just like, it all comes full circle. Yeah. Still in the family. So, yeah. Sort yeah. Of yeah it's, um, so I'll let you know if that happens, but, um, okay. but yeah, just growing up in a bookstore and then I'm kind of just shaking my head at myself now. Cause I didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't have any internships, but when I graduated from college, I just applied online to a job at random house as an admin assistant. And I got it. And I started like two days after I graduated. So I was like, I don't have an apartment or anything. But (laughs) I, I remember actually I had this one towel that was like a hand towel that I like used as like my towel for like weeks it before it occurred to me that like I could buy a towel cuz I lived here like <laughs> was just like um, but yeah so I just I just moved here and I I've been here ever since you know it's been 9 years um uh, right so right. but I just kind of stuck with it I think a lot of people leave after a couple of years and go to law school or whatever um but yeah. I was just dumb and tenacious enough to keep with
0: it. No, I don't think so. I think you had the right idea. It's yeah, the ones who go off to law school and bail on it—they're the ones maybe who are. I mean, I went to law school, which is I'm saying. That. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're they they're, they're the they're the ones who maybe uh, maybe they bailed out too early. But I think you're you're right though. You have to be tenacious because um, at least I've I've seen in my my you know short few years in the publishing industry that you know editors and 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 publicists and agents they kind of they kind of come in in and out of the profession. They do. They and, do. And yeah, for a lot of reasons. I mean, look, it's not a, it's not an easy career path. And and I think people don't necessarily realize that. I think they think, oh, you're an editor at, uh, you know, at one of the big five publishing houses. You must be you must be set for life. You're rolling in the dough. You're, yeah, a, you're yeah. a big executive. And it's like, yeah, but, you know, we know like authors. Yeah, we know we know what it's really like. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, the fact that you stuck with it and now, you know, people who seem to make it through that first there's like, a, there's like a five or six, seven-year window, right? You make it through those five or six years, then you can – doesn't it seem like there's like a little bit of a – Yeah. Yeah,
1: I would say Like so. a little
0: hurdle you got to get over. Yeah. I think
1: so. Yeah, I mean, because when you're starting out as an editor, you're, you're usually backing someone else on their projects, and you're probably right. their assistant, and trying to do yep. your own stuff after a couple of years. And so you're like – that's like two jobs, you know? Um, yeah. So that – that period is, is, is a lot of work, but then once you, it's always a lot of work, but um, after that, I feel like people kind of find their own way through that point. So like the associate editor level is sort of like the crucible moment, I guess.
0: <laughs> that's where you, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's, 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 that's um. you made, see, I'm, a, I'm inarticulate yeah. now. You know, I get to meet a lot of authors who've sort of hung in there yeah. and kept saying and sort of, sort of, gotten their breakthroughs at various times. And I think the, I think the industry is just, you know, the industry is just tough for everybody and, and it's the people who persevere and are willing to keep beating their head against the wall over and over again. Yeah.
1: It's funny <laughs> that, that reminds me because Caraval is, is the book I have that's at the B E A buzz panel. And she, the author has written five books before this one. And she was even like, you actually read one of my novels at Harper and you passed on it. And I was like, oh, she remembers. Well, I didn't remember that, which is horrible.
0: <laughs> no, right. But like authors have long, they have long memories. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know. And I'm like, it's just, she wrote five books before she, yeah. you know, had the one. And this book is like a slam dunk. And it's just, you know, and people who are, it's just, it's, it takes time to like develop to be the best storyteller you can be. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it can be multiple books published before you know the one that like really takes off but that's like part of the part of the joy of it i guess is watching someone grow as a writer so
0: yeah and it, yeah and well not and and nothing good comes easy nothing right? good I mean, comes I, easy yeah
1: you're
0: right <laughs> it's all it's all it's all hard and difficult and and um there are so many there it seems like there are so many steps and hurdles it's you know it's it's funny even a lot of the kids librarians that i talk to mm-hmm. You know so many aspiring authors out there are people who you know you know so, so people who find their way into books for you know either, either for you know younger children or for a young adult or or you know any particularly in that area, lots of lots of people who write or used to write or want to write mm-hmm. and um and you know I try to tell them all that you know it's never too late. but one of the nice things about this occupation, at least on the writer's side, is it doesn't matter how old and gray we get. yeah, um, you usually only get better your your skills usually don't get worse. they you don't get better, yeah, side. yeah, right. At least that's the, that's, that's the it's goal. Hard. Anyway. Like
1: writing a book is like not just putting 50,000 consecutive words all in a row. It's like, it's really hard to write a good book wow. and you can be a good writer and write a not great book. It's just, it's sure. hard. So yeah. I don't, yeah. Well, that's so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, that's what's, I mean, that's what's scary. I mean, do you ever have, do you ever have any projects that you, um, and obviously don't Name name, and I'm sure not a flatiron, but in your past adventures, mm-hmm. have you ever, <laughs> have you ever, have you ever started on a project that you were just crazy about, like idea wise, and then the ex by the time it was done, the execution just, you know, wasn't wasn't there, and you were like, oh, it just it, it could have we could have hit it, and
1: yeah, didn't. I mean, you know, there there are some books that need a lot of work when you sign them up, and and those are like the books that like make the job worth doing because you know, right. you get to actually edit them. Um, but you know, sometimes people just like can't take it past a certain place, you know? And sometimes that's because they're tired or sometimes that's because, you know, you've asked for so many rounds. I mean, there is a place where it's like, this is absolutely as good as we can get it and you just have to publish it. And, And not to say you should publish a book that isn't ready, but there are times when you're like, this is as ready as it will ever be. I mean, you get, really close to it as an editor sometimes it's just like you know the editor can be done too
0: Yeah well I've been there I mean I knew, <laughs> when you know when we worked on the second book in my series together I was I was done by the end of that I was like I can't do anymore I mean this is what it is and um, so I know what it feels like to get but there I think the product was good we did a good job but I mean I think s- still I was fried. I don't know if you were. I I was yeah. Fried. I
1: mean, like, I thought that book turned out really well, but I think that happens a lot with second books. Uh, yeah. Especially trilogies. It's not easy writing a middle book. So, um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, the first book just has to be a home run, which The Luck Uglies was um, for you to build off of that. So, but yeah, there you gotta make, there are. Just, you got going to make me blush now. Don't make me blush. No, never. no. But I mean, you know, that was a, such a terrific book you know making it as good as making the second book as good as the first one when you've been working on that one for so long and the publishing schedule is tighter it's like really yeah. hard it's a different it's, it's, a, it's a different it's a different animal yeah and it's funny, you know, people always ask me
0: which one's my favorite, and, you know, hands down, it's the first. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, but it, not even so much because of the content, but just because of the process. Right. And how it all started. It yeah. 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 And it's sort of like, again, I could describe it as like that wonder year, that first book that gets published. I mean, it's sort of like, it's a whole different, you know, it's, it, it's like that it's, that, it's that great window. And then after a couple of years, you get, you know now now i'm like ai feel like i'm a grizzled veteran you know veteran <laughs> I go to these writer I, I was at a pan, it wasn't even a panel it was one of these big festivals with like 70 authors in like a gym like the other day and it was fun there was a lot of authors i uh-huh. knew but you can always you can always tell the debuts from the from the rest uh-huh. of us because cuz they're you know they have all their little um a million different like little uh you know giveaway things printed up and they have all their stuff and they're so like you know yeah. eager and like, and then yeah, the, the rest of us are like, eh, we've been here before. We know how this goes.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, what's it like? Like, what's your world like? Like the middle grade author scene? I feel like there's so many of you guys like in the New England area. Um, seems like really like,
0: It is particular. Well, I think Boston's really filled. With, there's, a, there's a ton of Massachusetts. Yeah. Um, so so I'm up in New Hampshire. So I. Uh, I tend to, I won't say I'm antisocial, but I, but I tend to, you know, I don't, I don't work with like a writer's group Mm -hmm. or anything like that. I tend to do my own thing, but, but you do run into the same people from time to time, which is great because the vast majority of, of middle grade authors are just really cool. Like they're just really, they're just really nice people. Mm -hmm. And we all have, and we all have a, we all have a similar experience for the most part. Mm -hmm. And, and everyone I've met both, you know, people who have more experience than me and less have been all everyone's very generous with like their time yeah. and with and with you know uh, trying to help each other out so uh i you know i don't know if it's like that in the in the YA world or in the adult world of adult authors but but the MG community even when we don't really know each other very well people tend to be just very nice and friendly and and helpful with each other I think
1: people who i i know this is like a gross overgeneralization but People who write children's books and teen books, they're just nice. You know, like people who work in children, they're nice. Yeah. Like they're just, yeah. I think it, I definitely see that in the YA world, less so in an adult. And I don't know why. Um, you know, people are perfectly nice most of the time. But it's just, you know, it's its a different, I don't know. People just, I think teen and middle grade authors really care about their audience um, in a in a special way, I think. Yeah, yeah, and
0: and it's I, we have so much more fun than adult I think authors so. do. I, I think so. We
1: have we have to. I mean, we
0: get to go hang out with kids all day. Like I can't imagine, you know, just going to like a you know going to like a bookstore and doing like a reading with a bunch of like you know a bunch of adults sitting around a bookstore. I mean, I guess it, you know, I guess it could be okay and cool, but hanging out with a gym full of kids or a you know big a library full of kids. I mean, that's just such a blast. It's so much more. I don't know. It's, to me, it just seems so much more
1: fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which yeah, which is good. As far as this is a sort of a different line of thought, but because I'm I'm trying to, I want I want to ask you about one particular author that I know you've worked okay. with before, but do you ha- do you have um? And I I won't ask you to mention the authors, but when you're working with an author uh-huh. whether there's Y A A middle grade whatever it may be, are there particular are there particular characteristics that you think that you that, that that make one that make them easier to work with than than not? Like are there are there, are there like what what do, what do you like an author to bring to the table?
1: I like an author who wants to work. Mm -hmm. Um, really wants to work and is, you know, and that means like editing, 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 um, writing, writing, writing until it's something is as good as it can possibly be. Um, Because, you know, I work really hard. And so it's a lot when, when you bring a book to the sales force and to the larger team here, when you know that someone has given it their all, it's makes, it, it just feels good. I mean, I really, there's so many different personalities I feel like I work with. That's like, I don't even know, but I do find like keeping an open line of communication is good. Um And someone who's like honest about how long they'll take with something. I mean, I work with someone who like takes six months to turn something around and it's fine. Cause she told me, and you know, I've just built that into the schedule. It won't be fast. Right. Um So I think just, yeah, someone who's honest and open, but also appreciates what you're doing is always nice. Um, right, sure. And yeah. someone who likes to work. That's what I kind of look for. And then there's just like people you get on the phone with, because I always try to talk to someone on the phone before I sign up a book. And there's just some people you just, I cannot put my finger on it, but there are some people you just, it's all about the book, but it—it it, it, there are people you connect with.
0: Yeah. Right certainly. away.
1: And yeah, makes- so that that's always nice, but it doesn't always happen that way.
0: And that's fine. Right. But it's nice. if it
1: <laughs> does. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Right. And, and so, so the reason one of the reasons I asked that leading question is because we, I know that you have worked with one of my favorite authors as a kid was Lloyd Alexander. And I know you had a chance to I don't know if you if you even did you have a chance to actually meet him. I know you worked to some degree on one of one of his later books. Yeah, right?
1: I was the editorial assistant on his last book. Yep. And, um, that a woman named Rekha Simonson published at Henry okay. Holt Books for Young Readers. She's now at the NAM. Yep. This is so horrible, Paul, but now I can't even remember the name of that book.
0: So that's um, okay. I can't, I can't, I, I can't either. We can, well, I'll, I'll, I'll look it up and we'll, I'll add it in <laughs> later. <laughs> but it was, um, that was
1: a, that was a great experience because I'd never worked with someone. He was sort of like a living legend, you know? And so while he was writing this book, we were publishing this book, but we were also doing these repackages of, you know, his backlist. And these are books that, you know, you read a million times when you were a kid and it just, he, and he was very humble about it. He just was sort of like, this is what I did. This is what I do. It was just like, no big deal. It was just so interesting because I was a little bit starstruck, you know?
0: Kids always ask, you know, what was your favorite book when you were a kid or something like that? And, and I always mention, you know, the Chronicles of pre mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I, there's, there's, I, there's so many that were my favorites, but that, that, at least certainly in the fantasy genre, it just always stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think we, you know, I think we talked about that. You know, when we were working together and, and when you mentioned that you had, you know, you worked on editing you know, one of his last books. I just thought that was really cool. I would say and it the
1: extent like... of my editing was like mailing the editorial letter to him, <laughs> but it felt really, really, really important.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it, it was. I'm sure it was very, it was very important. Uh, but a lot of kids, believe it or not, you know, they haven't they haven't been exposed to his work or they haven't heard of yeah. him. Um so usually so usually when I bring his name up and I bring up those books, you'll see the li- like the librarians in the back like nodding very That's adamantly. Uh Wow. But a lot but but the vast majority of the kids have have not. Um whereas they've heard of, you know, Lord of the Rings and things like that and uh, Chronicles of Narnia. They, they haven't always heard of um Chronicles of Pre-Dan. So I do my best to no, spread the word. the word. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Not that he needs the word being spread by me. Um, he does. Uh, or it's, it's, "Well, we've been, we've been going." I don't want to. I mean, I would, I could stay and chat with you all day. I don't want to keep you. I don't want to keep you talking for too long. But you've been, um, you've been, ter- you've been terrific, Sarah. I th- thank you. Uh, thanks so much for uh, joining me on one of one of the, the very early episodes of my yeah, podcast. Yeah, no, this
1: was a great idea um i'm happy to do it and i also i just paul i'm going to make you blush now you are such such a fantastic person to work with i'm so thrilled about the luck uglies and all the success that you know those books have had
0: Um, oh they're super sweet i i really i really appreciate that and you were such a big part of it i mean and and uh you know there's a lot of people you know a lot of people have to roll their hands up uh, roll their sleeves up and get to work to make a to make a, a book yeah, good I'm, and make
1: a, I'm ready to read your next series when's it coming out or do you know yet
0: uh t- we're shooting for spring of 2018 okay. um yeah, did I t- did I tell you what it was about um a uh,
1: a little bit but tell me more all
0: right so I, so I, I somehow convinced um yeah, I mean, you know phoebe but I, so I've, some, I've somehow convinced uh editors to let me write a, a, a book from the perspective of a gargoyle. Actually, although he's not although he's not actually a gargoyle, he's a he do, he would he does not like to be described as a gargoyle because he doesn't spit water out of his mouth. He's actually a grotesque. Okay. Okay. And and, and his it, <laughs> it is because he has a very important job to uh, keep the, the residents of his building safe from evil spirits and bad things and and he's the last grotesque in Boston. Okay. So it's actually so it's actually set in in like, you know, contemporary Boston, modern day Boston, but but it's, um, yeah, you know, it's still kind of a fantasy, uh, little little on the creepy side, kind of darkly yeah, funny. Sounds great. Yeah, it's called it's called for now. It's called Goyle. That's the working title because um, a little friend he has calls him Goyle, which he does again. He doesn't like that very much. So, okay. and yeah, so so uh, that's it. Thanks again for for coming. I'll I'll cut off the editing now, and uh, but I'll get you in the first batch. Um, all
1: so right. All the, uh, I'm in. Yeah. Yay.
0: Well, Yay. Awesome. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. As always, Telling Lies to Children was brought to you by, well, nobody. Just me, and my guests. One of the nice things about being completely unknown in the vast world of podcasting is that you don't have to listen to me read 10 minutes' worth of ads at the beginning and end of every episode. But I hope you'll check out my website, pauldurhambooks.com. There you can find out more about the Luck Ugly series, You can book a school visit, you can shop the newly opened Dead Fish Inn gift shop, or just reach out and say hello. I'd love to hear from you. You can also find links to all of my guests' websites and social media there. So until next time, I wish you happy reading, ugly luck, and I look forward to chatting with you again soon. that woke you up. See you next time.